Hi, this is Your Health Quickly, a Scientific American podcast series. We bring you the latest vital health news, discoveries that affect your body and your mind. And we break down the medical research to help you stay healthy. I'm Tanya Lewis. I'm Josh Fishman. We're Scientific American's senior health editors. Today's episode covers a topic that many parents-to-be have struggled with, fertility. In vitro fertilization offers a path to pregnancy for people who are fortunate enough to be able to access it. But predicting the success of an implanted embryo is hard. Now, researchers are developing a test that could make it easier. For many people, deciding to have a child, getting pregnant, and giving birth is straightforward, if not easy. But for others, it can be a real struggle, sometimes involving years of treatment and no guarantee of success. In vitro fertilization, or IVF, is the process of stimulating eggs to develop, fertilizing those eggs outside of the body in a lab dish, and then implanting them in the womb. There, an embryo hopefully develops into a healthy baby. Right. But for many couples, it's not that simple. IVF can require multiple rounds of grueling egg stimulation cycles, during which the female partner must undergo daily injections of hormones that make the ovaries grow dozens of eggs at a time. These hormones can produce nausea, bloating, mood swings, and other unpleasant effects. And then a patient must undergo what's called a retrieval. That's outpatient surgery under anesthesia where a doctor retrieves the eggs, which are then fertilized in the lab. The lab tries to grow them for five or six days, but some don't grow. Some people will get the embryos, if there are any, tested for chromosomal or genetic abnormalities. Finally, one or more embryos are transferred into the uterus. It's like a Hunger Games tournament. You start out with a bunch of eggs. Only a fraction of those get fertilized. Only a subset will survive to day five or six. An even smaller number will be genetically normal, and only some of those normal embryos will implant in the uterus and develop into a healthy baby. The whole process is very expensive and time-consuming. For a wannabe parent, it's a lot to go through. It is. And for many people, there's the added stress of not knowing if it will ever be successful. Yeah, I've heard that only about 20 to 40 percent of IVF cycles in people under 40 will result in a live birth. That's right. Is there a more straightforward method, a better way to choose embryos that have a high chance of developing into healthy babies? Well, actually, researchers at the University of California, San Diego, have developed a test for genetic material in the leftover media that is, the soup of nutrients used to grow the embryos. This genetic material could possibly be used to predict the quality of an embryo, which in turn tells you something about its likelihood of developing successfully. One of the biggest barriers to IVF success is that not every egg, not every sperm, not every embryo will lead to a healthy baby. Individuals and couples go through a lot when they go through IVF, and we are on the hunt for the best way to identify embryos that will lead us to healthy live births. That's Irene Sue, a reproductive endocrinologist and epidemiologist at the University of California, San Diego. So currently, the way that we evaluate embryos is by how pretty they look, or specifically morphology, their characteristics of how an embryo looks at every stage, or by taking five to 10 cells from the blastocyst embryo and that's an embryo that's usually between 50 to 100 cells, to look at the number of chromosomes. 
The embryo's prettiness, or morphology, gives you some idea of how likely it is to develop normally. But many embryos, sometimes as many as half or more, have the wrong number of chromosomes, a condition known as aneuploidy, and many of those will fail to implant in the uterus or develop normally. So right now, the only way to know if an embryo is healthy is to look at its structure or to do genetic testing. And that's an invasive and expensive technique that can take weeks or months. Exactly. Normally, when an embryo created using IVF is grown in the lab before it is ready to be transferred to the uterus, the culture media is discarded. But Sue and her colleague Sheng Zhang wondered if they could use that discarded media to detect genetic material that is released from the embryos, called xRNA. What's xRNA? And how does it end up in that embryo culture media? It's a form of genetic material, or RNA, that cells excrete. Scientists aren't sure what it's for, but suspect it's involved in cell-to-cell communication and regulation. My name is Shen Zhong. I'm a professor of bioengineering in University of California, San Diego. The understanding of how a single cell zygote become a multi-cell organism with different cells carry out vastly different functions is a central question in modern biology. You can study embryo development in lab animals, but those findings don't always translate to humans. And you can't just dissect a developing human embryo to see what's going on, like which genes are being turned on at which time and other sorts of things. Right. So Su and Zhang have come up with a technology called SilverSeq to detect these xRNAs from a very small volume of liquid. So basically, you can get all of this genetic information about the developing embryo without even touching it? Yeah, it's completely non-invasive. The researchers detected about 4,000 different xRNA molecules for each of five different stages of embryo development. They used the data to train an AI model that could predict the embryo's quality. And it actually worked as well as assessments by human embryologists. It turned out that using on the order of 50 to 100 genes, the AI model that was trained on those embryos could very well predict the morphology-based quality. The hope is that you could look at the xRNA profile of an embryo and determine whether it will result in a healthy baby. And we are not there yet, but we do know that the embryos that continue to grow, they on average will have more xRNA than the embryos that stop growing. We know that the xRNA profiles of embryos that ultimately morphologically look better, meaning hopefully they're more competent to become healthy babies, they have a different profile than the RNA profiles of embryos that look morphologically less good. Of course, this is still an experimental technique. There are a number of steps required before this could be adapted for widespread use in IVF clinics. I think it's really important that technology is evaluated in evidence space before we push it out into clinical care. If this xRNA profile turns out to be something that is so promising, then you got to trial it out to see if patients who have embryos picked by using this versus patients who have it used by conventional methods, whether this performs better. Sue also made the point that reproductive health and women's health are often underfunded. And so a lot of whether this type of exciting novel research technology can translate and be applied to human health, early human development, reproductive health, it depends on how much we as a country value this type of science and value its impact on health and are willing to invest in it. 
Your Health Quickly is produced by Tulika Bose, Jeff Delvisio, Kelso Harper, Corinne Leong, and by us. It's edited by Ella Fetter and Alexa Lim. Our music is composed by Dominic Smith. Our show is part of Scientific American's podcast, Science Quickly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, give us a rating or a review. And if you have a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at yourhealthquickly at siam.com. That's yourhealthquickly at siam.com. For Your Health Quickly, I'm Tanya Lewis. And I'm Josh Fishman. See you next time.